there at the speed of bytes, and we are live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Creative On Purpose Live. These conversations are about flying higher and the difference only you can make. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Onward and A Compass Helping Advancing Difference Makers Live Their Legacy at Akimbo Workshops and at Creative On Purpose. You can visit creativeonpurpose.com to learn more. This season, we're drawing insight and inspiration from guests successfully embracing uncertainty, navigating adversity, and making things better doing work that matters. Let's meet today's guest. Rachel Thompson, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where can we go to learn more about the difference that you're making? Yeah, uh, so my name is Rachel Thompson. I am the founder, creative director, graphic facilitator, um, podcasting host at Daring Studios. Um, yeah, I've been, I actually just today released a new podcast episode for my podcast called A Note of Daring, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, all those places. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter and many of the places at Rachel B. Daring. Yeah, so tell us, so in addition to all those other things, you're also uh, the janitor at Daring Studios, are, are you not? The janitor? <laughs> I am all the things at Daring Studios. <laughs> all the things, I am all I the things. I am all the things, I, yeah, I do all the things. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons why I'm excited to speak with you today is you are very, you and I are both very much independent professionals in our domain, mm -hmm. and uh, that, enterprise um, brings a lot of freedom and also a lot of fraughtness. And I'm looking forward to unpacking some of that uh, with and for you today. So give us a, a sense of what, what, what what's the, the difference that you're making at Daring Studios? I have a dog. His name is Devin. He barks when people come by. Um, so I guess one thing I do, I'm just going to talk over him. Uh, one thing I do is help people design and I facilitate events that encourage engagement and using like also using visuals to help just really create interesting and interactive and meaningful events. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I just want to have interesting conversations about topics that are interesting, like people and how people interact and societies and systems and all those things. Yeah. So design is one of those things that um, we don't really pay much attention to and unless it's being done really, really badly. And mm -hmm. of course, in, in the digital age where knuckleheads like me have access to Canva and all these other design tools, we tend to design a lot of things on our own. So I'm just curious about what, you know, how does, how has the, the, the way that the access to digital tools around design changed your business, if at all, and, and maybe how have you leveraged, um, leveraged the fact that everybody can, but not everybody should to build your business? Um, so I think a lot of that stuff is graphic design, which is its own set of things. Like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the, the tools that Canva you're talking about, they have the templates and so they give you kind of the boundaries. And like, you, so it's not a blank page. They give you templates and boundaries and things. So you can do pretty, you know, pretty, pretty good work without knowing, a, without knowing a lot or having a lot of things. Um, I think the design work I do, I do a lot of human centered design, which is more about 
designing experiences and people. Um, and that sometimes is a little bit more challenging because it's it's not as concrete, like, you know, like a graphic and like the, those design things, like those tools are, you know, they're becoming more intuitive. Um, and, you know, so you don't have to know a lot of the coding and things like that. So I think that's like they're designing, those are designed to be user friendly or to be human friendly. Um, and then, but, you know, the, the people designing those things, you know, you have to think about like, how is someone going to come into this? Um, like, what is their need? Um, like, and like, you know, not necessarily their problem, like, what is their need? And how can we help, you know, provide an approach that gives them what they need, but not necessarily what they're looking for with and like, what skills do they what the skills they're bringing? Um, and how can we meet them where they are, to get them where they want to go? And so I think that's really interesting, like that kind of level of design where it's, you know, the, the graphic design is one part, but, you know, the the design behind the user experience is um, is another one. And that's where I'm really interested in. It's like how these systems and experiences are designed to really um, understand the human need and then need it. My yeah. dog going crazy. I'm sorry uh, about that. I, I totally understand. I have two cats that go bonkers every time I'm on Zoom because I'm paying attention to someone other than them and they cannot, right? they cannot abide. <laughs> well, one of the things that sounds interesting about the kind of design that you do then is that um, it's it's the kind of design that really can't be replaced by an algorithm or by right. an app because yeah. when you're talking about human-centered design and creating a uh, human experience with design, there's only there's only one way that could be done and that's by human beings because it sounds like you're dealing more with um, things like connection, co-creation, maybe delight uh, and and helping facilitate conversation is am I reading that right? Yeah, no absolutely. Um, I love I love, sorry, I love the timing of when my dog goes crazy. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it really is. It's not very replaceable because it's knowledge work and it's it's addressing um, complex problems. Um, I really like the difference also between complicated problems and complex problems. Mm. Um, complicated problems are like an engine, you know, where it's kind of a finite number of things. Complex problems usually have humans involved. Like we're, you know, in systems where like they just, you know, there's no there's infinite number of things. So is, is that the, at the heart of what's, what's the hard part of your work is the fact that um, th that distinction between complex and complicated problems and how do you go about, how do you go about navigating, you know, that, th that level of uncertainty and adversity in your day to day? I navigate it by being okay, not knowing. Um, and just, just being where I am and knowing that I'm always learning and I, I have my view or my perspective, I can see what I can see. And there's like lots of things I can't see. And also trusting that, um, that I, that I can solve what I can solve or I can help in the way that I can help, but I'm not like the systems and the culture that we're in are made up of a lot of people. And I am only responsible for what I do and maybe sharing it, you know, recently. So like the podcast and those things I've recently been working on really sharing myself outside of myself so that I can put myself in a position 
to interact with people and to collide with people and then to exchange ideas and learn and grow and maybe impact them. And then, but also they can impact me. Um, and I think I was a wandering, wandering thing there, but yeah, I think I just navigated by leaning into it, um, doing what I can and letting, um, letting go of, of control a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so you're sounding very stoic at the moment, actually. <laughs> um, because yeah, we can't, I mean, that's the thing is, and I think the pandemic has taught us all this, like there's really not much that, that is guaranteed or that is there, there's actually nothing that is certain or guaranteed. Um, what we control is our ability to frame our situation and then frame the choices in front of us and then take whatever action it is that, that we think will best influence the outcome that we, that we seek to make. And so I love what you're saying around, um, showing up without attachment or without expectations and just kind of being present and being with the, the people that you're working with so that you can kind of co-create the, the future or the possibility that you can step into together. Um, so, uh, I love all of that and you're, you've been doing, doing your own thing for some time. Is that Since, correct? Um, so I fish, well, Again, timelines are fuzzy sometimes. Um, I officially started my my starting doing studios in 2016, um, but there was an overlap of you know kind of the ramping up and just starting to do I guess freelance work and you know thinking about what I wanted to do or you know just like it's the transition and it was like maybe over a year or two and then I also at that time the first year I was really working part time at a company, you know doing internal. Um, internal work, um, really like all the internal things at this company. And then, you know, and then I, like I, at the end of 2016, like November, I, um, I guess quit the day job as, as they say, and have been, um, doing my own thing with my company, company of one, um, since then. Yeah. So I'm imagining that, um, the, that things make a lot more sense from where you are looking back than they did at the moment looking forward so what were what were some of the what were some of the highlights of like when were there moments of like epiphany or ahas or just moments of clarity or was it just a slow unfolding over time it was it was both it was um you know things were the same until they were different and also changing along the way i do remember a couple different like moments um there was one moment where like i didn't want to do what I was doing and the job I was doing. And I'd been doing this like other stuff on the side for a while. But you know, I had the moment of like, I either like, I was like, should I do I quit? But I was like, I didn't have the financial stability to just do my own thing. And whatever. And so like, I had the moment of Oh, I could just ask to go part time, you know, take a pay cut, and then go part. But I was like, and like, in that moment, I was like, I like my mindset shifted from the very binary. Oh, it's like, all or nothing. I'm like, I can just ask. They could say no, and I could readjust, but they didn't say no. And I worked, I actually worked for another, I think, year and a half in a part-time status. Again, like I was also giving, like not giving away my work, but like I didn't, like I was doing some HR and um, accounting things. So I was like, I can do them. And I like doing them for myself, but for like a large, like, this was a small consulting company. It's not my passion. And they hired an HR person. I was like, take these things. I don't want them. Um, but I also didn't want to like 
you know, I didn't want to like have the full-time work just to be full-time. I was like, I'll just go half-time. So that was one moment of, of epiphany where I was like, I can just ask to go part-time. And then later, like I, um, it was just a moment of like a couple years later, I think, in, you know, it's like, I am ready to just to leave this, this part here and you know, really jump and um, trust that I will be able to take care of myself. Yeah. Um, I had no idea what it would look like. Um, I still don't know what it'll look like. It looks like what it will look like as I go along the way. And I'm okay with that. I just trust myself. Yeah. Well, that's been a big theme uh, of this season uh, is I, it seems like every episode I'm referencing my favorite Goethe quote, which is as soon as you trust yourself, you'll learn how to live. Um, and I had that. So interesting side note, I, I think there was, a, I talk about this in my podcast. I had that moment of really trusting myself. And it was like also flipping from trying to fit into wanting to belong in middle school, which I have since realized is rather early than most people. Mm. Earlier than most people do that, have that moment if they do. Yeah. Well, I think the fundamental in, in the work that I, that I'm engaged in in a creative on purpose and working with, um, you know, individuals, but also groups and, and institutions and corporations when, when it comes right down to it, the, the, the bottom, you know, when you're searching for what's the fundamental need that we're trying to fulfill here, it, it almost always boils down to worthiness or belonging or, some combination of both. And I, I think worthiness and belonging are very entwined. Um, and it's possible to go through your whole life and never arrive at um, a level of worthiness that really promotes your, your, you know, well-being, your health, your happiness. Um, so if you were having that epiphany in middle school, you know, kudos to you for sure. Um, yeah. Kudos to anybody anywhere that, that, that comes to some, uh, solace around, around all that. And then the, the other th thing is, you know, there's trust, trusting yourself and trusting your process. And it sounds like mm -hmm. you were engaged in a process first and that that helped you earn the confidence and the trust in yourself that helped you then continue to tweak and iterate your process. And I love mm -hmm. the moment where you asked because that takes trust in both. Yeah. It, and, and also surrendering like, okay, I'm going to, you know, now I'm actually gonna, going to put out there like, this is what I want. And that seems like a moment that must've been very empowering. It was, and, it, and it's funny, since then, I've also really embraced the idea of let other people tell you no. Um, and like, you know, not like, you know, going back, like I think I've heard this somewhere, but like, don't assume that someone can't pay for this thing or that they don't want this thing or whatever, like let them tell you that which means you have to ask and, um, you know, and test your assumptions and acknowledge that you have assumptions. Uh, and that's really going back to the design part of, you know, I'm just always thinking about how, how do I want to design this thing going forward? And it's not, and not like being like, okay, here is the thing on the, the, the end product that's final and polished. It's, you know, what is kind of, what do I want the, the journey to look like? What do I want my day to day experience to feel like and what do i need to put in place to support that yeah. or what do I, what do i need to like stop doing to support that sometimes yeah. well so design i mean you're 
designing the conversation, designing that experience, the container, you know, in which the, the conversation is happening. And the, the nuance there seems to be, you know, so we occasionally a creative on purpose announce that it's boldness day or courage day. Like today's mm -hmm. the day you're going to do the thing that you've wanted to do, but put off doing That doesn't mean like, go ahead and, and call your best client and double your fees. I mean, that might be worth doing and that might be, but it, it you know, you, you, you can craft the conversation so that it leads to the thing you want without just, you know, being like, I'm always really wary of people who tell you to practice courage exercises, like go lay down in the middle of Starbucks or, you know, go to Dunkin' Donuts and tell them you want the employee discount on a dozen donuts. I mean, eh, you know, that's courageous, I guess, but I don't really get it. Well, I think though, that's like, I mean, it depends on where your um, vulnerabilities are because like your courage is where your vulnerabilities are. So like, I, I, you know, some things like I have no, I would just, I'll be do them. I'll just do this. It's like, it's not, it's not courageous for me because it's not vulnerable for me necessarily. Like it might be a little bit vulnerable and a little bit courageous, but like the, um, you know, like I'm releasing my first podcast or, you know, like some, this, some of those things are like little things that like, you know, just hitting that button and like, like, oh my God. Oh, and like the feeling feels very vulnerable. And like, okay, then that means that the action mm -hmm. is equally courageous. But sometimes you don't know what things will be courageous and vulnerable and what things um, won't be. Because um, it's very person to person and moment to moment. And just what, what's important to you and what's value, what you value and what you really want. Usually I think it's the things you really want are the things that are the most vulnerable and the most courageous. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. And, and I mean, fear, anxiety, imposter syndrome, all those things, they only show up if you're heading in a direction worth exploring. It doesn't show up when you're trying to figure out what to watch on next Netflix. That's, that's, there's no stakes. There's no joke right. there, but um, yeah. Well, what's, what's a, you know, most of the people that are appearing on the broadcast this season, you know, one of the, the other themes is learning from mistakes and mm -hmm. you cannot be doing meaningful work and not experience um, failure or um, things not turning out the way you might have desired. And so I'm wondering if there's a moment that you'd be willing to share where you, a mistake was made, a failure was experienced, things did not turn out the way you, you wanted, but there was um, either a lesson or an opportunity in that moment that helped propel you and your endeavor forward? I think that's a great question. And I never quite know, cause I don't think, I don't think I feel my mistakes as moments. Um, I think I feel them as, you know, again, it's like the, that you're doing a thing and then suddenly you're like, oh, this isn't what I wanna do. And so you have to recalibrate. And so it's like a recalibration but you know, it's like, it's over time. So there's not a moment of, oh, like I made, I made this mistake. It's, oh, I drifted in this direction or I didn't have this boundary. Um, and so I betrayed myself in a little bit of a way. And like, I can't really go back and like change that specific thing. Sometimes you don't want to, but I, don't know, I feel like it's more of a collective of learnings um, from little moments that like I might do differently now, but it's hard to remember, you know, it's hard to remember them 
because they're you know because they're like kind of meshed together <laughs> along a continuum of, or along a continuum of time or whatever. Um, I think one thing that comes up comes up for me is, and I don't know if this is about my process or sometimes I wish. I would move more quickly as in, you know, I think I think about things for a while and then I, you know, so I think sometimes I have overthought things as opposed to leaning into action and doing things. Um, but I think that's, you know, not a mistake, but that's just a tendency that I wanted to change. And so I've been intentionally aware of that. And just acknowledging when I'm doing it, and sometimes like acknowledging that means that I like, like okay, I can either do the thing, or like just let it go and like mm -hmm. all those things. I don't know if that quite answers your question, but oh, no, I love that because sometimes. Well, you you brought up another layer, which is or another another version of the question, which is the missed opportunity. You uh -huh. know, can also be perceived as a mistake or a failure, um, and. what you're pointing to feels like like acknowledging th that something happened and seeing and then not letting that not letting acknowledgement turn to the attachment that turns to yeah. you know inertia or um you know yeah and getting stuck or, or whatever whatever it's like oh here's something that happened that's interesting and now here I am in this new situation and all I really have to do is decide what to do next. Um, and that does feel like, um, I think you said, I think you might've said something around like not making decisions quickly enough or not moving fast enough. I can't remember exactly how you, how you frame yeah, it. Yeah. But I also think that I also have realized that, that that's kind of how I do things. You know, like I like I um, I like I just moved to from D.C. to North Carolina and I had been thinking about moving for like a year and a half or something. And then, you know, but then there's a moment where I think about I think about it and then there's a moment of, OK, this is happening. And then it happens pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And I've and like looking back, I've done that multiple times. Like I kind of did that with um, Daring Studios, um, with starting my podcast, with um, a couple like just, you know, like I think about things for a long time and then like, and then over a weekend, like I'm like, oh, I decided to do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I like, you know, as things like, you know, the 10 year success story, the 10 year overnight success story. It's like the long thought process and then this sudden action, but it's not sudden. Well, and all the little actions that lead yeah. up to the big action. Yeah. And so it's, you, you know, it appears that things happen in an instant because in fact, they kind of do, but I mean, because everybody else suddenly sees that something is happening. But uh, for for those of us that are in 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 the arena, you know, we're, we're slogging away for the for the ten years, and it just so happens that the audience appears on yeah. the in the tenth year and sees suddenly that something is is moving in a different direction. So I, I really like that framing. I, I you know misfortune or mistakes or failure, whatever you want to call it. They're just, they're just more just opportunities. Um, they just have a different flavor than uh, an endless string of successes. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody really experiences. And another thing I like to think about is that most decisions are temporary. Like I can move to move to North Carolina 
and I could then decide to move somewhere else. Um, so most decisions are temporary and I like that, that concept. Yeah. Well, and, and it's all made up. (laughs) So I love that. Well, we're, we're coming uh, close to the end end of our time together. Rachel, uh, our friend uh, Eve is in the audience. He has a point of view about uh, what we're talking about, saying that's a pivot point where we reorient your personal ship of state, <laughs> like that framing. A um, lot of lot of nautical, um, lot of nautical references in my day today. I was talking to somebody else uh, that was using navigation, nautical navigation flags in our conversation. So, oh, I love that. I Just, also love mixing metaphors, um, like ship metaphors with house renovation metaphors. I feel like those are really good one. Like ships and houses are really good and landscapes are good metaphors with which you can talk about a lot of things. Yeah. Well, and it's so amazing how frequently mixed metaphors just uh, then some like people intuitively understand them and they're easy to then like they're they're very spreadable. Well, one of the things that uh, the last question I always ask my guests is that, you know, you've already shared a lot of insight and inspiration for flying higher and the difference people want to make. But if there was just one last piece of advice that you had for listeners and, and people tuning into the replay that would help them fly higher and the difference that they seek to make, what would that be? Um, I would say to design for the human and the human might be yourself um to not try and like you know you can strive to change maybe your how you does how you do things but to not be like i need to make decisions suddenly like to to design for who you are and what you want to go um and then to ask for the support you want and need and to ask yourself first what do you need what do you want to do and what do you not want to do Hmm. i love that things to put on your to-do list and then things to put on your stop doing list always sound like a good idea to me well that's really a great place for us to start to wrap things up and so we want to thank everyone for tuning in rachel and i really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention we hope today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Rachel Thompson at daringstudios.com. And of course, it's always great to see you at creativeonpurpose.com as well. Now take the insight and inspiration from this conversation and fly higher in the difference only you can make. Rachel, thank you so much for your time and for being with us today. Thank you. And I thank you for being here. I really, really enjoyed this.